0: So glad that you're here this morning to worship with us. I got to tell you, I've been looking forward to this service all week long for a couple of reasons. One reason is obviously because we only had to do it once. <laughs> and for me, that feels real good. And also because we all get to be together. And uh, that doesn't happen very often. But we looked at the calendar and we said, you know what? We know that these two days, these two last Sundays at the end of the year, typically the two lowest attended Sundays of the year for us because folks are gone and traveling and out. But then there's a group of people that we'll just call you the Rinkinites today who decided to stay home at least through today. I know some of you are traveling like we are this week. But, boy, it feels good to be in the house with everybody today. Anybody else? And I see a lot of guests with us today. Some of you are visiting, friends and family. You're here uh, for Christmas. It it was so good to have you with us today. We're glad that you're here and you found us today. Now, there's no secret today, we're already having church. So I'm not holding back because I'm going to tell you, over the last 48 hours, the Lord has given me a word for this house today to close out this series we've been in, and I'm about to bust to give it. But before I do, um, I want to make you aware of a couple of announcements while I get over here and grab some water. Now next Sunday we're going to do the same thing again, one service at 10 o'clock. Okay, so make sure you're aware of that. We know people are still traveling, doing their thing. So uh, and next Sunday Kids City will be back open. All right, kids, you get you get to listen to Pastor Josh again next Sunday. He's had two weeks of rest, so he better bring a, a, a holy anointed word next Sunday. He better be ready to go. I know he'll be ready to go. He's ready every week. I also want to tell you that today's the last Sunday that we'll be receiving uh, for our Love Your City Christmas offering. You guys have given all month. And I want to tell you what we've been able to do in this community because you have been given over the last few weeks. We, um, we took four bicycles to South Elementary and said, this is from Rinkin Church of God for some kids in need. We took two bikes to Rinkin Elementary. We helped one family at Rinkin Elementary, and we helped five families of varying uh, ages and needs right here in the house. And uh, we we reached a lot of people this Christmas season because you were so faithful to give. And if you've been been giving to, to, to Hobby Lobby, and to um, T.J. Maxx and Ross, some of y'all have been giving a lot of money to them this season. And you're not giving to your church yet, today's the day. So uh, if you if you only got a shiny quarter left in your account, and I know how that is for most of us at this point. But uh, but give today, special offering of the day. Well, turn with me in your Bibles to where we've been all month, John chapter 1. You can open up the YouVersion Bible app, find us there, and follow along with the points in the scriptures today. As we conclude our message series for this Christmas, the Word became flesh. So let's look at John chapter 1, the first 14 verses, I'm going to read them one more time, we've been looking at them all month long, but let's take another look here from the NIV. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, through Him all things were made, without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Did receive him. Anybody in the house? To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. And everybody read our verse, our main text with me this morning. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. So how you feeling today? It's the day after Christmas. How many people are tired, full, broke, ready for it to be over? It's over, okay? I know some of you still got some family stuff and traveling to do this week, but as I was thinking about the day after Christmas this week, I remembered something that happened to our family about eight years ago. We were living in Virginia Beach at the time, and about an hour from our house is Bush Gardens Williamsburg, and Busch Gardens Williamsburg does an amazing job at Christmas with a they they just they light up the whole place and they call it Christmas Town. Here's a picture on on the screen. I'm telling you what, you could show up at Christmas Town and if you weren't in the Christmas spirit, buddy, you'd be there, you would be there by the by the end because they they decorate everything. It smells like Christmas, it looks like Christmas, the food tastes like Christmas. There it's just Christmas everywhere. And we had done that for several years. And it got so crowded that it was almost impossible to get in and out. And so one year we said, look, we don't have anything going on the day after Christmas. So let's go to Christmastown the day after Christmas. And so the five of us went and uh, we showed up that day. And uh, one of our favorite places in Christmastown is a section called Holiday Hills. And uh, this section has uh, vintage decorations uh, they look like the 60s and 70s, uh, big old plastic decorations and, and uh, light bulbs as, as big as this stand right here. I mean, you, you know the kind, right? And one of the cool things about this area was when you, when you walked into Holiday Hill, there was a giant sign that was a countdown to Christmas sign. And I can remember as we were walking around the corner, I thought in my head, I was like, we're about to see that countdown to Christmas sign. It's the day after Christmas. I wonder what number will be up there. And I thought, well, it'll just be a big zero. I mean, you know, they were going to be open for a few more days through New Year's. They knew they could make a little bit more money. And uh, and so I thought, we'll come around the corner, and we'll see a big zero there. Well, y'all, we came around the corner, and they had a 364 lit up right there. (laughs) And you know what? my heart sunk I was like well that's depressing Three hundred and sixty-four more. Da- I mean, I knew that because we just had it, but I still had a little spring in my step. I still had a little holly jolly in my spirit, and I'm like, I, I mean, you could have hit the the Price Is Right thing at that point for me because I was like, you've got to be kidding me! And I don't know if you guys experience this, but but I think I experience a little bit. I'm not experiencing today because we're here together, but a lot of times on the day after Christmas, I get the day after Christmas blues. Anybody get that way? I mean, you've planned, you've prepared, you've shopped, you've cooked. And then last night, you're looking around, and we spent all that time cooking, and the food's gone. And we spent all that time preparing, and there's all the wrapping paper, and it's just a mess. And it's like, we did all this work, and then, boom, it's gone. And and you kind of have that melancholy feeling sometimes on the day after Christmas. Anybody else ever feel that way? Hopefully, this time together today will help you not to quite feel that way. And I, I was thinking about that this week. And I began to, to, to ask myself a question that I don't know if I've ever really thought about very much, and that was, what would the day after Christmas, Christmas, because they didn't call it Christmas, been like the morning after Jesus was born? And I got to thinking about that, and all the moms in the room who've had a, who've had a birth for a child, if you think about Mary having a child in a stable that next morning, there's no doubt she was physically emotionally, mentally exhausted. She had just traveled 80 miles to get to that stable to have that child on the floor. And I'm sure she was wiped out. There were no nurses and doctors coming in, checking on her all night, giving her drips and her IV and ice to chew on and whatever she needed and a hamburger if that's what she wanted. She was just there. I mean, there was a hamburger there, but it was still alive. (laughs) It's a pretty good dad joke as my... Youngest son is shaking his head on the front row. (laughs) That was not in my notes either. That was pretty good. But I thought about Joseph, too. I mean, because there are no nurses, there are no doctors, he's got to be exhausted. He's probably stayed up all night looking after that baby as Mary rested and slept. And he had just walked 80 miles. I can't imagine what that would have been like that morning. They still had a census to do, I guess. I mean, we don't know. That's why they came to Bethlehem. So at some point, they had to take care of some business. And then they still had to go 80 miles back home on a donkey with a newborn baby and face friends and relatives after, hey, you know, y'all just got married, and now you've got a baby. But this day after Christmas for them represented a new beginning. Their marriage had just started. And they just started their marriage now with a new baby. You know, I've heard of people who come come home from their honeymoon pregnant. But not many people come home from their honeymoon with a baby. Like Mary and Joseph did. And not just any baby, but a baby that's the son of God. And now it's their responsibility to care for and raise this child. Think about the weight of that. Think about the day after Christmas with the shepherds. They've gotten off the night shift and they're talking about what they experienced last night and probably saying, "Is did that really happen? I mean, do we really see that? And, and now what do we do with it? I mean, we, we told everybody we knew, do we need to go tell more people? Think about God the Father who's just watched his son be born into a fleshly body and has to wait for 30 years before he hits the button to start his ministry. The gift had been given, the gift had been opened, the gift had been delivered, but the gift was not quite in use yet. And that got me thinking about another thing about the day after Christmas, and that is all the gifts we receive and we get at Christmas, okay? And unless you're wearing something that, uh, that you got yesterday for Christmas, and a lot of you probably are, you're looking good this morning, then... You're probably not quite using those things, you know. You go through your clothes and they'll wind up in the closet or the dresser or the drawers. and The toys will wind up in the toy box and over to the side. And the, 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 the toys that, that mom and dad get to, like the, the garage toys and the kitchen toys and the vehicle toys. We'll, we'll, we'll get to, to use all those as we go over the next few days. But really those gifts that we received yesterday and over the last few days... The use of those gifts hasn't even quite begun yet. But over the next few months and weeks, we'll we'll put on those clothes and we'll use those tools and we'll cook with those mixers and the kids are going to play with those toys. And I don't know about you, but after a while, I look at the things that I received at Christmas and I forget who gave me that shirt. Somebody would say in, in maybe February or March, so you got that shirt at Christmas. Do you remember who gave it to you? I, I may not remember that. I may not remember who gave me that that tool. I may not remember who gave me that gift card that I've that I've already put into my, into my app and I'm going to use sometime. Are you with me? Is that reflect true for anybody else? We receive these gifts, but haven't quite, you know, put them into use yet. And we may not even remember once we put them into use. Well, all month long we've been talking about this gift of Jesus. And we've been unpacking it from a different perspective. Instead of looking at Matthew and Luke's account of the birth of Jesus, we've been looking at what's more an origin story that John gives us in John chapter 1. And there's a word that we've already used a lot this morning. It's a word that's exhibited by these candles that you see on the stage and that unlit candle you have there by you. And that word is light. It's a word that John starts using in John chapter 1. We've read it all month long, but we've not focused in on it yet. And I want us to look at that word this morning because this word is a descriptor of this gift, this gift of, of Jesus that was given to us. And let's listen to what John says. He says, in the beginning, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. And here it comes. In Him was life, and that life was the what, light of all mankind. Now listen at verse 5. Oh, oh, y'all. One of the most powerful verses in all of Scripture. The light shines in the darkness. And say it with me. And the darkness has not overcome it. See, this is a commonly used word throughout Scripture, light. And this is a theme that you're going to hear John unpack throughout his entire book. He's already connecting the dots from Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning. And then we hear it again in in John chapter 1, in the beginning. And now we see another connection with light from the beginning and light from John. And this is an idea, again, that we hear all throughout Scripture. Over 260 times in the Old Testament, we hear this word light. But it often is contrasted with another word that we see in verse 5. And that word is what? Darkness. Over 140 times in your Bible, the word darkness shows up. And this is something John wants us to understand as he begins to unpack this to us right in the very fourth and fifth verse of his gospel is that there is a fight, there is a battle, there is a war, there is a push and shove between two things, light and darkness. And darkness doesn't just mean when he's talking about it, the absence of light, but he is talking about evil. Make no mistake. He's saying there is this tug of war between light and darkness. But when Jesus, who was the life and the light stepped out, the light shines in the darkness of this world, but the darkness did not overcome it. And so there's three things that we learn in Scripture that I want to, more than three really, but I want to show you three this morning that we learn about light. Number one, we learn from the very first few verses of Scripture that God speaks, and light separates darkness. God speaks, and light separates darkness. Watch this, Genesis one three, and God said, "Let there be light," and there was what, light. God saw that the light was good. And he separated light from darkness. When God spoke, supernaturally light and darkness split. Verse 3. <laughs> Verse 3 of your Bible. It looks like there's a foundation being set for what the whole book is going to be about. This battle between light darkness. God speaks, light separates darkness. Now on Thursday of this week in our 25 days of of reading, if you've been reading along, we came to Isaiah chapter 9. And in Isaiah chapter 9, this theme of light versus darkness shows up again. And listen to what Isaiah says, prophetically thinking forward to Jesus. He says, nevertheless, that time of darkness And despair will not go on forever. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. He's talking about 400 years of silence between the Old and the New Testament. And then he puts a name with a face, a name with a prophecy in verse 6. He says, it's not going to come like we, like you think it might come. It's going to come through a child. And this is what we've already sang this morning. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he's going to be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And his government and peace will never end. We're talking about light. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. And the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. God the Father has his hand on the button and he's going to make it happen in such a time as this. Once again, this battle between light and darkness happens. God speaks, light separates the darkness. But then Jesus comes on the scene, and in John chapter 1, verse 4, coincidence, Jesus comes and light overcomes darkness. Do you see that? See, God spoke and light separates darkness, but Jesus comes and light overcomes darkness. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then John starts testifying about John the baptizer. He says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John, John the Baptist. He came as a witness testifying concerning that light. He said, there's a light coming. I'm not the light. John says, so so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light. And then John, the gospel writer, says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming Into the world. This is what we've been saying throughout this series. Week one, we said the Word became flesh, a God we can see, a God we can hear, a God we can touch. He is the Father's representative. Jesus comes and light overcomes darkness. Week two, we said, and made his dwelling among us. God moved into the neighborhood physically in the person of Jesus and presently in the Holy Spirit that we sense and feel in this house. This morning, Jesus is dwelling in this place. Amen? And last week, we said we've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, and that we, when we experience the glory of God, we cannot stay the same. Something changes when we experience and have an encounter with God. Read your Bible. People's perspective, their future, their mind, their, their purpose, their faith, their vision, their health, the rules changed when Jesus stepped on the scene. Jesus comes and light overcomes darkness. Listen to what Peter said in Acts chapter 10 verse 38. He gets to preaching and he says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Look what Peter's talking about. A battle, a fight between light and darkness. And he said, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Jesus stepped out. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Oh, absolutely. With the power of the Holy Spirit and went about doing good. Jesus comes and light overcomes darkness. Amen. We sang it last Sunday night. Lil Dayton sang, in his, sang uh, Mary, did you know? The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again, the lame will leap, the dumb will speak the praises of the Lamb. God speaks, light separates darkness. Jesus comes, light overcomes darkness. So there's God's part in the story, there's Jesus' part in the story. What about you? What about me? Here's our part in the story. We receive and light interrupts the darkness. How many of you know about interruptions? (laughs) Everybody with small children should fill the orders right now. We'll pray for you. Any parents ever been in the bathroom taking care of business? And those little hands, little fingers underneath there, what do they think they're going to do? I just want you to know I'm here. you got the door locked and the fan on and everything in the world. I just want you to know I'm here. Interruptions. You know, you're trying to have a a deep conversation with your spouse. Mama, can I have some water? Go to bed and shut up. We're trying to heal our marriage down here. (laughs) We can't make it another day. Give us five minutes. Interruptions, you just you can't get away from, from life and stuff and kids and family and, and your business and your job. We know what it's like to deal with interruptions. Interruptions really a lot of times are not good. I gave a little speech last Sunday, right, about interruptions in the service and us doing a better job. And y'all are doing an outstanding job today. But this is a good interruption, y'all. Because there's times in our lives when the darkness is coming in, even though we're Christ's followers, we're still in flesh and blood in a world. And there's a fight that goes on sometimes, and, and this battle takes place. We said that God moved into the neighborhood physically in the person of Jesus and presently in the person of the Holy Spirit. And as you've come to know Jesus, And the Holy Spirit has filled you, and you're walking and following Him. There's times when life situations, listen, and stress and disappointment, and worry, and questions, and despair, and news rushes in, and anybody ever been there when it seems like the darkness is just kind of overwhelming you? It's like somebody's got got one of these shades over here, and they're just pulling the shade down, and darkness just seems to be overwhelming your mind, and your emotions, and your spirits. Anybody ever been there in a situations like that? When we receive, light interrupts darkness. But let me add a word to that. Light interrupts our darkness. When the Holy Spirit dwells within us, we've said over the last few weeks that uh, that word dwell meant that Jesus pitched a tent. He put up a tent. He, He lived among us. And we said that when the Holy Spirit comes to embody and dwell in us, He lives inside of us. And when the Holy Spirit is inside of us and we're fighting those battles and we're fighting those battles against darkness, we have an advocate with the Father. We need to stop speaking and talking about all the garbage that's going on in our lives and we need to cry out to an advocate A paraclete, a comforter, an encourager, a counselor, an intercessor, and a helper who will step in the situation and bring light to our darkness. The Holy Spirit can come in and interrupt the work of the enemy in our lives and bring light when there's darkness. I've said it throughout this series. Everything about the book of John speaks to one word relationship. See, religion will leave you empty it will leave you without anybody or anything to call on because it only works when you show up at the property. But when you get full of the Holy Spirit and darkness starts to come into your life, you can call upon the name of Jesus and he will show up in the form of the Holy Spirit as the comforter and as the paraclete And it's the counselor, and he will minister to you in those situations. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Anybody know how the Holy Spirit will show up in your car, in your shower, in your bathroom, as you're walking around the pond, whatever it is, wherever it is. He will show up, and he will show up in our darkness and in our situation. Amen. A good a good measurement of whether you have religion or relationship is if you can tap into that. If you can, you got a rel- relationship. If you can't, you might have religion. Go start over. Is that okay? I love what David says in Psalms 139. Oh my goodness, y'all! He must have been having one of those moments when darkness was about to overtake him, and he says, "Where can I go from your Spirit?" Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths of the darkness, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I sit on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. Surely I may say, and some of you might be in a situation where you're saying this right now, it feels like the darkness is hiding me and the light is becoming night around me. But listen to what David says. He says, even the darkness will not be dark to you the night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you we receive and the light interrupts our darkness but there's another side to that coin when we receive the light doesn't just interrupt our darkness it should interrupt others darkness because as you walk in the spirit and you're around other people what God's doing in your life should interrupt the stuff that's going on in other people's lives. They should sit something different when you step into a conversation and something happens. Not, I'm not just talking about because you don't drink and you don't smoke and you don't cuss. Don't do those things either. But because there's something inside of you that's different. The temperature changes when you're around that person. We Receive the Holy Spirit, and light interrupts other people's darkness. Now, I want you to see something this morning that I saw yesterday. I've never seen this before. And I was like, wow, John eight 12. We're talking about light this morning. Jesus says, one of his eight I am statements, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of the world. Of life. Sounds a lot like John 1, right? One of Jesus' I am statements. I am the light of the world. But listen to what Matthew tells us in Matthew chapter 5 that Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, You are the light of the world. Wait a minute, Jesus? Okay. Hey, this is the this is this, Gospels in conflict. Because John said that Jesus said, you're the light of the world. And Matthew said that Jesus said, I'm sorry. See, I'm confused. John said that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And Matthew said that Jesus said, you're the light of the world. So which is it? You're right, both. Thank you. Because when Jesus was here, he was the light of the world. When Jesus leaves, guess who's up to bat? We are. We become the light of the world. Listen to what he says. Josh was already preaching my sermon this morning. Tilling the ground. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to who? Everybody in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they can see what an awesome, great, holy Christian you are. No. No. So they will glorify God the Father in heaven. Listen to what Paul says, stuck. In a Philippian jail, he says, writing, he says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what's happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. And as a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. When we get the light inside of us, it'll interrupt other people's darkness even if we're locked up in a jail cell like Paul. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul brings light into the conversation. He says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Anybody living in a warped and crooked generation besides me? Amen. Then you will shine among them like the stars in the sky. We receive the Holy Spirit, the light interrupts others' darkness, and we shine like stars among those around us who need the hope of the gospel. Amen. I want you to see a clip this morning that I ran across this week as I was preparing for this message. This is a a speech, just a part of a speech given by Jonathan Romey. Jonathan Romy plays Jesus in the television series *The Chosen. And to tell you a little bit about Jonathan, if, if you don't know anything about his story, he is a, uh, he's a Catholic. He's a 100% Christ-following Catholic. I've listened to interviews with him. I've heard stories about his life and his example. And in this interview, I mean, in this speech that he gave, uh, it, it's, it speaks for itself. But uh, just in case you were wondering, this isn't a Hollywood actor playing Jesus. This is a spirit filled believer who's playing Jesus. And in this speech, he shares about how, he shares about one interaction he had with a fan who saw him in a restaurant. And as I was thinking about this week, I thought, wow, what an example of light interrupting others' darkness. So check out this clip from Jonathan Rummy.
1: So a couple of producers and I were at breakfast in Utah uh, a few weeks back as I said when all of a sudden this woman just approached the table I didn't even see her walk up and asked me very tentatively Excuse me are you Jonathan Rumi which is still very strange that people know my name and I don't know them I'm not nobody gives you a handbook on celebrity you just It just kind of happens, and it's very bizarre, Just, just, just so you know. And so when I acknowledged that I was, she literally fell down on her knees next to me and with both hands clutched my arm and squeezed while on the verge of tears, mystified that I was actually sitting there. And I myself was in a, a slight state of shock because that that was the first time something so intense took place with a, a personal encounter. She kept saying to me as she squeezed my arm, it's really you, you're really real, you're here. And for a moment I, I couldn't quite be sure of, of the situation or even her state of mind because of the intensity of this. And and looking at her, it also became clear to me that um, life had not really been easy for this woman or her husband who stood just a few feet away, just kind of keeping his distance and kind of in a state of shock and just, and just smiling. So I was truly at a loss for words And I asked her her name. And for the sake of the story, I'll call her Jennifer. So I stretched out my hand and I said, hi, Jennifer. I'm Jonathan. So that she'd be sure to hear me make the distinction between the character I play and me personally. And as I said her name, she just closed her eyes and buried her head in my shoulder, and began to weep. So I embraced her, and she clung to me as if I imagined she would if Jesus himself were holding her while I did my best to keep it together. And for a few moments, all time seemed to stop. God was present in the room, making it clear to me that all I needed to do was to be present for her in that moment, knowing that he himself could use the opportunity to give this woman some kind of refreshment or hope or healing or whatever it was that she was dealing with, never thinking for a moment that I was responsible for any of this, but that I was merely a lowly stand-in for the Holy Spirit, a meager messenger, as it were. And so she composed herself, and looking at me, she said, I know you're a person. I know you're an actor. I know you're Jonathan. But you see, I've been praying for a sign today. My two children have been taken into custody by the courts and I have an appointment. We have an appointment at 11 a.m. to try to get them back. So seeing you sitting here as the embodiment of Christ is a sign for me that God is listening and that he's here and you're here. So thank you. Thank you. A few more moments went by, and one of my producer friends who has a gift for spontaneous, spirit-led prayer asked Jennifer if she could pray for her, and so we did. The three of us, our new friend Jennifer and her husband, circled up and allowed God's spirit to Preside and fill this woman up, if only for a brief moment, to give her enough courage to go on her way through the next step of her mission and trial on this earth. So, armed with some newfound peace and a few pieces of chosen merch, I just happened to have handy. She and her husband left looking several layers lighter. And I was once again given the deeply profound reassurance that this is what God has called me to do on this earth, at least for now. Thank you. And those things are to do my part representing his image through my work in the chosen, as well as being a witness in my personal life to his grace and providence, bringing the fullness of the gospels made manifest in the spirit of our Savior Jesus Christ into my depiction to encapsulate and serve that spirit as best and humbly as I can using the gifts God has lovingly bestowed upon me, none of which I deserve not a single one, and to help, as he calls all of us, those who are suffering and in pain in whatever way the opportunities present themselves, to provide a glimpse of hope and respite for those simply seeking encouragement or a word of affirmation, and to remind all with ears willing to listen that each one of us, every one of you seated here, has the ability to be a vessel for the spirit to each other. And indeed, is Christ's mandate, as we remember his words in Matthew 25, verse 40, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these, brothers and sisters, you did for me. Our God is the God.
0: Would you give me some music, Jack, and we're going to come to a close this morning. That's the worship team to join us up here. This week when I was uh, preparing for this Sunday, was sitting in my office on Monday afternoon And this is an example of how the Holy Spirit, I believe, is always at work. If we're listening and watching, then He'll speak to us. Where my desk sits, it faces toward the back of the parking lot, facing the back of the Life Center. It was late Monday afternoon. It was a nasty day, if you remember. The weather wasn't great. Clouds were coming in. Everything was rolling in with that. And as that was happening, I um I was working on this message, light and darkness, and a light caught my eye through the window. And it and I looked, and the parking lot lights were starting to come on. And I I thought, I looked at my watch, I was like, it's not late enough, it's not dark enough, I didn't think. For the parking lights to lights to come on, but as I looked out the window, I noticed that well, it's it is getting kind of dark. It wasn't uh, it wasn't time on the clock for them to come on, but because this weather was coming in, it had changed enough that as the darkness came in, the light automatically came on. And I said, "Okay, Lord." That's one thing to talk about on Sunday. The darkness will not overcome the light. In your life and in my life and even in this stinking, crazy, messed up world that we live in, what we've read this morning and what John tells us, the light Shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And the way that happens is that you and I have a mandate that we have received, as we said, and the light that's inside of us interrupts the darkness in others. Excuse me. This story that Jonathan Rummy told was a story of interruption. He's having dinner, and a woman interrupts him (coughs) as a nasty cough interrupts me trying to speak. I want to remind you of what Jonathan said. He said, God was present in the room, making it clear to me That all I needed to do was be present for her in that moment. Knowing that he himself could use the opportunity to give this woman some kind of refreshment or hope or healing or whatever it was that she was dealing with. Never thinking for a moment that I was responsible for any of this, but this was the line, y'all. That I was merely a lowly stand-in for the Holy Spirit. A meager messenger and he said that's what God's called me to do can I tell you today that's what God's called every one of us to do as salt and light we are to be meager stand-ins for the Holy Spirit just in the right place at the right time no divine appointments always looking, always ready to know that there is a light that lives in me. And when I might not know or perceive that it's the moment that God can get the switch. And I may be walking into a dark situation of somebody else's, but God can use my light. To bring life into somebody else. What was Jesus? He was life and he was light. What are we? He said, I'm the light of the world. And then he turned it upside down and said, you're the light of the world. 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 We are called to be that. So God speaks, light separates darkness. Jesus comes, light overcomes darkness. And we receive and light interrupts darkness. So this morning, put those three points up there, please, Jack. Two things today. Maybe there's a situation you're dealing with and the darkness seems to be coming in in your life and you seem to be overwhelmed because of something you're dealing with today. This service is a divine interruption. There's been enough word sung and preached to break through the darkness If you're listening this morning, receive it and walk out of here in the light in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, walk out without that anxiety, without that worry, without that overwhelmingness. Allow the Holy Spirit to rise up inside of you. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. And walk out of here with the mandate that God has called you. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your story is. I don't care how, how messed up your past is or how perfect your situation is. God can and will use your situation that you can be light to somebody else's darkness. you got to just keep the switch on and your eyes and spirit open and be ready to be the light to somebody else. Amen. Amen. In him was life, and that light was the light of, Of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen? This is how we're gonna close out today. We're gonna close out with communion, candlelight, right? Those words are so interchangeable at times. Candlelight. And this is what we're gonna do today. We've got some candles up here up front, and this is what I'd like to do. Everybody can do this together. Parents, please help your kids. And I want to ask everybody here in just a moment as I give you some instructions. We're all going to come up front. There's candles on either side. And so this is what I want us to do. I want to ask everybody to come up this morning. We're going to just start from the front, and as you come up, just light your candle and then move to the sides, and we're going to feel this front part of our 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 room together if we can go with a with a blackout here in the room this morning and as we do that we're going to lead you in worship today and we want you to come and and let's let's sing together so let's all stand together and if you guys on the front two rows we'll just begin moving in this direction we'll sing together and close out this morning
2: Tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace.
1: Keep coming forward. Let's sing this together.
2: S- again.
0: will kill all the lights over the stage as well this morning.
2: So I'll throw up my hands and praise you again and again, because all that I have is a heart. And I know it's not much. I have nothing else fit for a king, except for. Except for a heart singing Hallelujah
0: Hallelujah We're going to sing that bridge in just a second. Cody, come on up here, man. I want you to sing this bridge for me. So I'll throw up my hands And praise you again and again
2: Cause all that I have is air Come on my soul Oh don't you get shy on me Lift up your song Cause you've got a lion Inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord Come on, sing this out So come on my soul Oh don't you get shy on me Lift up your song Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs to so get up and praise the Lord. So come on my soul, oh don't you get shy on me lift up your soul cause you've got a life
0: So I'll throw up my hands
2: and praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I know it's not much. I've nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing
0: Lord, we just thank you this morning for this moment, what we have today in this moment to be able to fill this room with light that represents life and your light. So Lord, today I pray over my church family today and I ask you Lord today that if there is someone here in this house today, Lord, who needs an interruption in the darkness maybe that they're experiencing in their thinking, in their thoughts, in their lives, in the battle that they're facing maybe with depression or anxiety or worry or fear or situation today. Or may this service today and what we've sung and what we've heard today serve as that interruption to let them know that you see right where they're at. And although the darkness may be coming in, the darkness is not as great and strong as the light that lives inside of us. So Holy Spirit, we ask you this morning that you would just drive out all darkness, all despair, all hopelessness today. And may we leave revived today, knowing that greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. For today we receive this word today, Lord that our light is to interrupt others' darkness. And on the last day of the year, Lord, as individual Christ followers and as a body, we again declare today, first of all, thank you for every divine interruption that's taken place in this house this year. For every interruption that's taken place in our community and beyond. And we ask you, Lord, to use us in 2022 like never before as individuals and as a body, that you would interrupt the darkness of those around us with the light that shines in us. As you, Jesus, came to bring light and life, may you do the same through us. We offer ourselves to you today, asking you, Lord, today, to be more alive and more real and more near to us in this coming year than ever before we thank you for that today there's anybody here this morning who perhaps maybe you're watching on live stream today as well and you don't have this light living side of you, you need to make a commitment to ask Christ in your life today I want to pray with you today this morning and as I said a moment ago, perhaps this morning you've realize hey I've got a lot of religion but I don't have a lot of relationship or maybe you say I don't have a lot either and there's something that I've sensed and felt today and I need to walk out changed I want to pray with you today and it's very simple and I'm going to ask all of us this morning to pray this prayer today and just asking Christ to be the Lord of our lives and to step in to our darkness today and maybe if you're watching on live stream today you can pray this prayer as well with us today. The Scripture tells us that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So today, if you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, will you repeat this prayer after me with everybody in the room? Dear God, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sins. Forgive me. I believe that Jesus Christ is your Son. I believe that He took my place on the cross He died in my place. And I believe that you raised him to life. I'd like to trust him today as my Savior. And follow him as Lord. I receive his life. I receive his light. Transform me today. Drive out the darkness. Turn out the light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'd ask you to clap, but we might set a fire. So blow the candles out. We'll bring the lights back up. God bless you. Thank you for being in worship today. As you leave, you can put these in the baskets or up front in the baskets. Have a great rest of 2021. We'll see you in 2022. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. God bless you.